You are tuned in to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders, sharing their testimonies and the work they're doing for the Lord. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus reminds us, Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We hope this program will encourage you to do just that. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Mariel Bowman, who has served in leadership with different local, state, and national ministries for decades. She has been the director of Pray California since 2008 to the present. She is an ordained pastor, produced, and hosted a local cable TV show called Voices of Hope, served as a hospital chaplain, was certified through Sacramento Law Enforcement Chaplain and is the California Pro-Life Liaison with the Justice Foundation. Over the past couple years, she and Pray California have connected with pastors in other nations. They are actively partnered with pastors in Kenya, India, Pakistan, and a beloved missionary intercessor in Israel. Thank you, Mariel, for being on Faith City Outreach to encourage others to learn to rejoice in all things based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mariel, I know that you wanted to share a prayer before you share everything that we're going to discuss today, so I am going to let you pray. Okay, thank you so much, Marina. It is such an honor to be here with you and and with everyone, with everyone else who has a heart to know you, Lord God, greater and greater. And so, Father, we love to begin always with entering your gates, with thanksgiving in your courts, with praise according to Psalm 100, verse 4. So, Father, we do. We just say thank you. Thank you. We recognize the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as our God, the Holy One of Israel, and your son or soon returning King, Jesus, Yeshua, as his parents and the disciples called him. And we just say thank you. Rechal Kadesh. Holy, Holy Spirit, as you lead and direct our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and what comes out of our mouth, may you be glorified. May your will be accomplished in and through us. We pray in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. Mariel, I wanted to um, thank you first again for being on Faith City Outreach, where I interview pastors and global leaders. Please share a short testimony about yourself so our listeners can know more about your Jesus story. Okay. So I was raised third of 11 children, eight girls and three boys. My dad was a man of integrity and he worked really hard. He traveled for business and he was our chief baseball pitcher at the park for all of us in the neighborhood kids on Saturday afternoons. My mom was a Proverbs 31 woman and she volunteered at the church, was so involved in our activities, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, all those things. We grew up praying before meals attending church together, 
and were involved in different school and community activities. There were no cell phones or iPads back then in the olden days. <laughs> so we played outside a lot in between chores, homework, and me helping with the little kids. I, I always loved the Lord, but at age 18, I walked away from the church. All the statues, the burning incense, and the candles made me uneasy and actually feel faint. However, I continued to pray and talk to God, but no one, not even my parents, and my dad was a church usher, were encouraged to own a Bible. I didn't actually get a Bible until a friend gave one to me when my husband Bob and I got married. Even then, we didn't read it. We would appreciate the beauty of God's creation when we went flying in our small airplane over rivers, lakes, and snow-capped mountains, or when we played golf and came across a deer romping across on the plush greens or gazing at the stars at night. But as far as a personal, close relationship with the Lord, I did not have that until my life turned upside down. I actually remember that very moment of where I was. I was walking in another town when I had escaped from my husband, who had been my very best friend, but then turned into an abusive marriage. I remember crying out to God and telling him, I need Jesus to be number one in my life. And that began my commitment and my journey to put our Savior, King Jesus, first, beginning with finding a local Bible-based church. At first, Bob attended our church with me. And that and him seeking anger management were two of the conditions of my returning back home. But that only lasted a short time. He tried to get me to fly with him for breakfast on Sunday mornings, but I refused. I suggested lunch instead. He wasn't happy about that. Married life became really, really difficult as Bob, a man who was extremely talented and brilliant, could not find a job due to the horrible economy. He was a commercial pilot for a small company, but that company shut down. He was a builder and a contractor, but homes stopped being built. And he was a PGA, a golf professional, and a teacher. But all those doors shut, and he fell into deep depression while refusing help. He alienated every one of his friends, and in anger and a rage from his past generations in his family came out. Anyway, my husband Bob did not come to receive Jesus as Savior until the very last week of his life. He had attempted suicide by shooting off half of his face. He left a letter for me asking for forgiveness. But in his great mercy and love, the Lord did not allow Bob to die right away. He was in ICU and I was by his side nearly every moment for the five days he lived. I was sharing, I shared God's love. I shared the gospel and, and I was singing over him. He was unable to open his one remaining eye, unable to speak or move, 
but miraculously, and this is so cool, Marina, one time he actually squeezed my hand, which absolutely stunned the doctors. And another time he followed the doctor's directions and he was able to lift his little pinky figure specifically on his right hand and then his little finger on his left hand. I can't even do it right now. <laughs> but he could process. Part of his brain had been injured, but the Lord let me know that Bob could still hear and he could still reason. That was a true miracle, according to the doctors. Isn't God good? I led Bob in the salvation prayer. A tear dropped from his eye. I just knew he had repented and he silently invited Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. On his last day on earth, he seemed to be glowing. There was such incredible peace in his private hospital room. The presence of the Lord was beautiful and oh, so real. I became a widow then at age 46 years old. I was already connected to a home church and then the Lord threw wide open the doors to my divine destiny as I sought his will for me. As I got to know him and his word, what he says, I was introduced to a glow international. Back then it was called Women's Aglow, where I learned about our precious Holy Spirit, my best friend. I became the intercessory prayer leader at our church, eventually became a lighthouse president with the GLOW, was in leadership with all kinds of other ministries, National Day of Prayer, the California's Governor's Prayer Team. I started as a county prayer leader with Pray California. I birthed, birthed a few projects, and here I am today, ready to serve wherever the Lord leads, despite some challenging circumstances in my life. Instead of becoming weak when trials hit, I seem to become stronger because I focus on the Lord and his word and his goodness and your kindness, oh God, is everlasting. So that's how my story about coming to put Jesus first in my heart and in my life. Wow, what an impactful testimony. I'm curious to find out. So when you became a widow, how soon after did the doors open for you, Marielle? You know what? Almost immediately. I mean, I had a grieving time. But the thing is, is that the Lord had prepared me for that and truly Losing your, your best friend. I mean, we did everything together. We really enjoyed each other's company, um, except, except when he fell into dire depression. And then he was super healthy looking, but he had some shoulder issues. So he couldn't really swing a golf club anymore. And he couldn't really, you know, build the homes that he built. He was with such great quality. Um, and so I just, you know, I had my church family and I just, from there, I am becoming involved with the GLOW. I don't, have you heard of the GLOW International, Marina? I have not. Can you share oh. a little bit about that? Oh, a GLOW International, I believe it's in 170 um, different nations, but there's this, there is a group in my county. And so a friend had been inviting me for a couple of years and um, but I really didn't do things. I did. I did have a Bible, but I didn't even listen to worship music at home when Bob was alive. I, I just went to church on Sunday and I prayed. But then 
that whole freedom of just being able to be who God created to be, uh, me to be and not walking around on eggshells anymore in my life. Uh, that was tremendous. What a change. So, I mean, I miss my best friend. I, I, but I didn't miss the person who he had become, but people don't understand and, and people aren't taught enough, Marina, about spiritual strongholds and in families because his dad and his grandpa had spirits of rage. I would hear stories, but you see in my family, my mom and dad never raised their voices. And my, my dad used to tell my three brothers, you never lay your hand on a woman. You never touch your sisters. So I, I was raised really differently than he was. So it is so important for people who are thinking about getting married to really sit down and discuss the history and what they believe and, and it, how they're going to raise their children, how many children, and discuss all the really, really important things of life. But we really didn't do that. So I lost my dreams of, of marriage. I always wanted to be married with like 12 kids. I mean, I'm serious. I love being part of a big family. And, uh, but none of those dreams came true. So I kind of just lost all that, but the Lord would fill the hole in my heart. And so for all those hurting who from a sense of loss, then Lord, I just pray that right now you fill the big gaping holes in their heart with your love and with your peace and with your joy, knowing that they are so special to you, God, mm -hmm. that they are made in your image, fearfully and wonderfully made, that you formed each and every one of us in our mother's womb. And you knew us even in that secret place before we were born. So we just say, thank you, Lord. Um, and I just thank you, Lord, for sending Holy Spirit to be my helper, my teacher, my comforter, and my counselor. And, and that's why I really got to know who the Holy Spirit is and the characteristics of him and how he also leads us to precious Jesus, Yeshua. I read in your biography that in the past three years, you have literally been in the fire and faced many health and financial challenges. But you are rejoicing in the Lord as you are right now through these trials and tribulations in your life. It's amazing and it's beautiful to see and experience, you know, be able to see and meet somebody who is actually being a doer of this of this uh, scripture, which is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, as we mentioned. If you feel comfortable, please share an experience you have had in what you did to still rejoice in the Lord. Absolutely. Well, I actually am a breast cancer survivor Woohoo! for 36 years now. Wow. And when I became a chaplain at the hospital, the same hospital my husband was first taken to, the chaplain met me and, and he read the police report about how I'd been kind of abused by my husband physically. And um, he was amazed. The senior chaplain was amazed how I stood by my husband's side. And so then a few years later, he actually invited me to be a chaplain at the hospital. And I did go through Sacramento law enforcement chaplaincy. But what a joy that was, because here I am, a breast cancer survivor. So it opened doors 
for me to go in and speak with cancer patients who were really suffering. So that that is such a blessing because what the enemy meant for evil to take me out, the Lord used it for good. Isn't that awesome? But what happened, Marina, about just about a little over three years ago, I was helping a neighbor. She, she was ill and she was older. And so she had a very downslope driveway. And so I went over and I was going down to take her, take her, her mail and, and a couple things. And so I did that and I'm walking back up. I fell, I fell and it was, um, yeah, the snow and the ice and a long driveway and I couldn't get up. I literally could not get up. And then it kind of started sleeting on me. And I wasn't wearing gloves because I, or a hat. I thought I'd just, you know, go down and give her her mail. And but there I was stuck and I couldn't couldn't get up. You know what? I thought, Mariel, what are you going to do here? You're always preaching First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, right? <laughs> you know what? Rejoice, rejoice always, despite your circumstances. I preach it and it's like, OK, Lord. I'm going to do it. So I just started singing. I started rejoicing. I felt the presence of the angels. So I was saying, Lord, would you send me an angel and help me get up? And But I couldn't. So finally, when it started sleeting, I just thought, you better get, get out of here. And so um, I just, I pulled my, I literally, I don't know how I got up. Well, help the Lord. And so I got up to pull myself up in my car, very, very painful. And anyway, um, I called my sister. My cell phone was in my vehicle and she came and helped me get in where I live. And oh my goodness, for eight days, I just thought my leg was all, you know, black and blue. And I had a big old twisted ankle or something. I had broken my leg and I didn't go to the doctor for eight days. Okay. So then after that, um, I picture this, you know, you, prof we prophetic people like you are Marina are, are very visual. So, right. So you can imagine things. So imagine me on my back deck. Um, I had a big back deck and, and there was um, a rug outside, you know, with furniture and I'm, I'm on crutches. So here I am kind of hobbling about seven or eight days after I broke my leg and, and the crutch caught the corner of the rug and I went down hard, but so right leg broken. I went down on my left wrist. Yep. I broke it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, Oh, wow, Lord, another chance to just rejoice in all things. <laughs> so I did. And so anyway, wow. um, and then just just like three, um, three months later, three or four months later, I was sitting in my living room and I hear this, I hear this noise and I thought, huh, what's that? And so long story short, I had I had 14 steps down to the backyard. So I, I walked down the back steps. I thought, cause there's a generator, we lost electricity. So generator was kind of, you know how a car goes, it putters like if in your vehicle, it kind of, it kind of goes doo, 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 and you have to, you know, you know, you have to go fix the choke. So I thought, okay, I better go adjust the, the generator. So what I did is I went down and I saw the side of the garage on fire, like about the size of a, a baseball. And the generator was on fire. And at the time I was renting, I was a renter, a three bedroom, two bath home. So here I am with kind of my broke, my leg was, 
really pretty hill quickly. Thank you, Lord. And so I run upstairs, I get the fire extinguisher, I run back down the steps carefully, and I put out that fire that had gotten to be about the size of a basketball, got it out, I pulled the generator away really hard, but it um, and it was a brand new jet generator the landlord just put in on that Saturday. I pulled it really hard. And guess what? He had chained it. He chained that generator to one of the deck posts so I couldn't pull it any further. And so it just took off in flames. So I grabbed my dog, my sweet little dog, who's in puppy heaven now. Well, at 18 years old. And then I, um, so I grabbed her. I grabbed my laptop and I grabbed my purse and I ran out with the clothes on my body. And that's pretty much it. So I pretty much lost mostly everything, you know, at, in the whole house. And I had to like start some really precious things from my parents. And, you know, oh my gosh, so many precious things. My, my parents are with the Lord. So that made him even more special. And, you know, but there are things, they are things of the world. So that's okay. But I ended up living in, um, with my dog in a hotel for about a month and a half. And then I kind of went to a sister's for a while. And then a best friend out in the boondocks where one night opened the front door to let her out. We're up in the hills and there's a rattlesnake on the front porch. So I had to kill a rattlesnake, right? So, you know, David killed the <laughs> killed the lion and the bear and I killed That's a rattlesnake right. in the name of Jesus. I really was just was just killing it with this, you know, this old, old rusty hoe that was right there, just killing it. And I'm just like, Jesus. But anyway, the things the Lord allows us to go through, but we know, God, we know we cannot go through anything in this world unless you allow it. And it makes us stronger instead of so many people just give up. But Lord, if, if we are fired up, just like Job, Lord, we are fired up because we know we stand upon your promises in Romans 8, 28. We know that you have good plans for us, hope, plans for hope and a future. We stand upon your word. So I really do love to stand firmly, deeply rooted upon the word of God, not being tossed to and fro in the waves like so many other people around us are these days who don't have the hope that we have of eternal life in our Savior. Amen. Do so, you think that people are who give up easily tend to be the ones who don't really stand by God's word? Yeah, they don't really know okay. who he is. You know, they, 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 I think that some people just give up and they really don't they really don't know what he says. And, you know, it reminds me of the scripture that says we are just here. We're here for a mist in time. And I was pondering that a couple mm -hmm. of weeks ago, Marina. And I thought, wow, Lord, at my age now, I really want to accomplish what you have for me. And honestly, I don't have that much time left compared to how much time I've already lived. And that's just a fact. So I, I do, I just want to accomplish it because I don't want to be laying on my deathbed um, thinking, wow, Lord, I wish I had done this, this, this. But actually, I'm asking the Lord to take me up like he did Enoch or Elijah. <laughs> As human beings, we don't want to go through struggles. Mariel. And when yeah. we do, we tend to lean on being more negative, 
or bitter than positive. How can Christians view trials and tribulations in a positive way? Yeah, you know what? I just think the best, there are a couple different things that I found really, really helped me. And that's one of them is to really just enter into worship enter into worship, shake off things of the world and focus on the Lord. See the Father, our Father who art in heaven, seated on the throne with Yeshua, Jesus, seated at his right hand and worship him in spirit and in truth because the Lord is looking for those who do, do, do that. But then the soaking music, there's so much beautiful instrumental soaking music and it just brings you into such a peaceful place, a quiet place, shutting off all the noise of the world that you can actually hear. Be still, the Lord says, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. And he says, I speak to my people. You know, he is our shepherd and he speaks to his sheep and we know his voice. So it's Mm -hmm. just so wonderful to do that. But it's really important to get connected. If you're female, get connected to a women's prayer group or Bible study. If you are a man, get connected to that male, that male group and and surround yourself with one or two people who you really do trust. I'm, I have some people in my inner circle and it's a small inner circle and I can tell them anything and trust them. And and they're the same with me. And, you know, you have to have those people who are like-minded to be in covenant relationship with them. First with the Lord covenant relationship and then with those who are in your small inner circle and where you can pick up the phone and share or get, get wise counsel. It's so important. We all need that. You know, we're all learn. I mean, I want to learn every moment of every day until I die, until I take my last breath. Just want to learn more and more and more. And others, iron sharpens irons, right? So it's so important to surround yourself with people who put the Lord first in their life Mm -hmm. and who seek him. Absolutely. Mariel, what encouragement would you give someone right now who is about to give up? About to give up. About to give up on the Lord and maybe upset, disappointed, and just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just, I just want to give up. What encouragement would you give? You know, I just want to tell you, if that's you, if you have been overcome by the evil in this world, by the darkness of this world, if you are carrying a cloak, if you're wearing a cloak, a black, dark cloak that is just suffocating you, suffocating your spirit and stealing hope away from you, seek someone to help you. Talk to someone who you trust because they will help you. They will pray with you. They will find a mentor, find someone to disciple you. They will help you just take that heavy black cloak and throw it off to the side so that you too can, with your hands held up high in praise and surrender into the Lord, you will accomplish all that God has for you. But find someone to stand with you because, you know, remember when when Moses was in a fierce battle and, and he was losing this battle whenever his hands went down. He was standing up on a hill and whenever his hands went up, the Israelites were victorious. But then he got tired. We all get tired and he got weary. And so what happened? Aaron and her 
um, came along, his intercessors, his helpers, like we all need, they came alongside him and they held up his arms in the battle and they had victory. So we need to come alongside each other and be there for one another and just know, just know, deeply know, true. it's the truth. I don't lie. It's a sin. God loves you. He loves you so much. And if you don't feel that way, if you are beating yourself up, if you are criticizing, criticizing yourself, that is straight from the pit of hell. That is from the enemy who hates you. He hates the light of Jesus that you carry within you. So dress in the full armor of God, close your ears to the lies and the harassment of the enemy and open them up to hear God's still small quiet voice. Get, read his word, find a scripture that you mm -hmm. too can stand upon. You know what? One of you mentioned um, that I'm an ordained pastor and I was ordained since 2005 under the ministry, uh, well, uh, the Missionary Church International, but my ministry, personal ministry, is Voices of Hope. And I chose Isaiah 40, verse 31. So that is also a scripture I stand upon. There are a lot of scriptures that we stand upon. We have a lot of favorite scriptures, don't we, don't we Marina? And sometimes they change too. But you know what the Lord says in Isaiah, and I'm going to read 20 through 39. The Lord says, he, God, gives strength to the weary, to the one without vigor, Without vigor, without strength, he adds might. Even youths go grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait, those who hope on the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be faint. They will walk and not be, well, they actually will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. So we just say, thank you, Father, for your yes. words, because it is the truth. It is the truth. Put on that helmet of salvation and, um, and dress in that belt of truth and breastplate of righteousness, shod in the good news of the gospel, clinging tightly to the shield of faith faith because it is by faith not by sight that we walk right and lift high the sword of the lord and wield it with authority that god has given you if you are a child of god if you have invited jesus into your life you are part of his royal priesthood you are part of this huge god family i thought i had a big family growing up but we have a humongous God family, and also always put on that helmet of salvation. And we just say, thank you, Father, that we are fully dressed. You equip us and you place a royal robe of righteousness upon your children. We thank you, Father, for that. And we bless you, Lord. We just so love you, Lord. We're so, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be his daughter. It's just such a privilege, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Marielle, for being on Faith City Outreach and for just inspiring us to just um, apply that scripture to rejoice always in him and pray continually in him and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Thank you for listening to Global Gospel Worship Radio with Marina Maria where all the nations praise the Lord with Christian international music and radio programs. For more information about our radio ministry, 
please go to globalgospelworshipradio.org. And now we'd like to bless you with this scripture from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for listening.